Good morning. Oh, come on, it's Christmas. Good morning. Much better. I like it. I like it. I love Christmas. Love Christmas. I love everything about Christmas. I love the lights and the decorations and the Christmas music. It's one of my favorites. If you know me very well at all, you know I listen to Christmas music year-round. And I'm, I'm really, I promise, I'm not kidding. I'm singing Joy to the World in August when it's 114 degrees. I love Christmas music. And I'm so glad that Chris, last week, um, kind of set up the beauty of Luke chapter 2. And so if you've got your Bibles, if you'll turn there, that's where we're going to be again this morning, Luke chapter 2. As we continue in this Advent series and we march through, and today we're going to We're going to kind of focus on, oh, come let us adore him. And I I love that Chris, it was really convicting to me last week when Chris asked the questions, you know, how many of you memorized Luke 2? How many of you read Luke 2 before you open presents? Because that's me. That's, uh, that's, That's me. That's been me for a long time. But because of that, it's easy for that to just become... Well, tradition, you know, it's easy for it to just become a part of, of Christmas. It's, it's what you do before you open presents. But the Christmas story is, it's amazing. It's a miracle. And sometimes we lose sight of that. And so in loving Christmas music, and don't worry, I'm not going to sing, but I put some lyrics up, if we can pull those lyrics up. So one of my favorite Christmas songs is... Come let us adore him. And so maybe we don't have him. It's okay if we don't. It's all good. No? There we go. Okay. So, O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Come ye, come ye to Bethlehem. O come and behold him, born the king of angels. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. Come, O come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. And it's easy for us for that to be a Christmas song for us to sing, right? For it to be something for us to just sing because it's a catchy tune. If you like Christmas music, I know there's some people, there's some of you Scrooges out there that don't like Christmas music, and that's okay. We'll love you anyways. You tolerate us for at least this month. You don't give us too much of a hard time for listening to Christmas music. But it's easy to just kind of fall into that and just kind of hum along and sing the song because it's what it is. But think about what that is. Oh, come, let us adore him. Who is he? He is the king of angels. This is the king of the world, Christ the Lord. Man, when we come into his house, shouldn't we adore him? I I was convicted of this, and and Miss Jana doesn't even know that she did this, but she brought a little bit of conviction to my heart this morning She was trying to get this. I'm going to point this out, and it's going to drive me and any other OCD person crazy. There's one wreath back there that's not lit up. And poor Miss Janice, she was trying everything to get that. So I went over, and I tried to help and made it worse. And... um, there was a part of me that I wanted that wreath to light up because I love the Christmas light. And as I was rolling that wreath back around and putting there, I thought, do I adore the Christmas lights more than Jesus? It hit me this morning because I knew what I was getting ready to talk about. We lose sight in the Christmas season of Christ. 
It, it happens. And so this morning, as we look at, oh, come, let us adore him, we're going to look at four things. Like Chris said last week, I'm not going to say anything today where you're going to write down in your notes and go, I've never heard this before. This is earth shattering. This is the deepest thing that I've ever heard. But hopefully when we walk away from this today, we'll remember that we have a reason to adore who Jesus Christ is. So if you've got your Bibles, open up to Luke chapter 2, and I'm going to jump back one verse where Chris ended last week at verse 7 and read to verse 14, and it says this, Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 7, and it says, And she, it's Mary, gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. And in that same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Let's pray. Father God, this morning as, as we come before you, and just as has already been mentioned this morning, so often in this season we get, we get wrapped up in the busy. All that life has for us. And sometimes, Lord, even I am so guilty of missing the reason for it being the season that, that we love and the decorations and the, the cooler weather and the, all the parties and all of the joy and celebrations that go with it. And yet often I find myself guilty of not adoring. And so, Lord, this morning I pray that as we open your word, as we walk through this passage. God, would you help us to be reminded that you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Savior of the world. And let us adore you today in Jesus' name. As, as Chris was, was preaching last week and talking about um, how kind of status quo we can make the Christmas story, I was reading ahead, looking at this and thinking, the shepherds. I mean, here, here they are. They're, they're just people, right? I mean, they're, so we are right now in Advent season. We're anticipating Jesus' return, right? That's what we're doing. We are, we are waiting. And, and, and listen, the more that I hear people talk about illnesses and, and difficult situations that they're walking through in life, the more my heart wants to scream, come, Lord Jesus, Right, So we're looking forward to that second return of, of Jesus. But in, in this day, they were, they were expecting a king to come, right? They're, they're expecting a, a, a savior of the world to come, but they're anticipating a, a, a military force, a, a king to come and to, and to be this ruler of the world, right? So just imagine this scene that's unfolding in, in this little town of Bethlehem that here Mary and Joseph are going in, and they're, they're just... They're just another couple, right? I mean, as far as, far as what the, the human eye would see, they're just another couple. And here we have shepherds that are just out, they're just out working. And, and so my first point for today would be that while we wait, we're waiting for Jesus' return, that we would be working. There is work to be done. 
Jesus hasn't come back because he's giving opportunities for us to tell people about Jesus. Um, We'll see this at the end, but he's not willing that any should perish. He wants people to come to know him. So we're working. The the shepherds, and we see this in in verse 7, there's this miracle that happens. Mary gives birth to her firstborn son. She wraps him in swaddling clothes, lays him in a manger because there's no room for them in the inn. And so here is the king of the world that's laying in a feed box, as Chris was talking about last week. Here he is. He's just here. And now there's this magnificent shift. It's like this scene that cuts from the stable over to the shepherds. And in that same region, in that same area, close, there are shepherds that are out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. This is their job. They are working. They are doing their thing, right? They are protecting the sheep. And all of a sudden, an angel of the Lord comes to them, and the glory of the Lord shines around them, and they're filled with fear. I mean, I would probably be afraid too, right? Here I am, a shepherd. Now, now, again, remember, we have the luxury of having this in print. We can go and read it, see it. We have, many of us have it memorized. We know this. But think about a shepherd that's just out watching their sheep. They're just out doing their job. They're, up, they're watching for, for predators, for people that would come and harm the sheep. And all of a sudden, an angel appears to them. Don't lose the magnificence of this. Don't lose the glory of this, that the shepherds are just doing their thing. And now, all of a sudden, an angel appears to them and gives them this news. It appeared to them the glory of the Lord shines around them. They're filled with fear. And the angel of the Lord says, and this is my second point for today, it's an unexpected announcement. These these shepherds, they're not sitting back there thinking, Guys, listen, we're about, to, we're about to get told that the king of the world is born right here. They don't know this. They don't know what's going on. It's an unexpected announcement. And here, that an angel appears, the glory of the Lord is shining around them. And here's the announcement. Look at verse 10. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Here's the announcement. Unto you, the shepherds. The angel of the Lord appears and says, unto you is born this day. The Savior of the world, who is going to save the entire world from their sins. And they receive this announcement. I I don't know what the shepherds are thinking here. I I have really no idea what the shepherds are thinking. I mean, I'm pretty sure that I would be very afraid, just as they were. I'm pretty sure that if this was me and an angel appeared to me, um, and I'm completely terrified, and the angel says, do not be afraid, I'm pretty sure that there's not a light switch on my back that I can just flip and go, okay. <laughs> not af- I think of home alone, right? Little McCully called, I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not afraid anymore. And then the guy walks up with the shovel and he runs and screams. That's one of my favorite scenes too. I, I don't think that there's this switch that all of a sudden you flip and you say, I'm not afraid anymore. But think about the announcement that they're getting. 
For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And here's the sign that you'll see. Okay, here's the sign. This Savior is born. Oh, here's the sign. Okay, we're going to go to the nicest place in town. Um, and we're going to meet. There's going to be a party, right? There's going to be a whole caravan of people out there that are like, hey, this, the Savior of the world has just been born, right? No. Instead, you're going to go and you're going to find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. I mean, it almost seems unbelievable, right? Again, for us, we're, we have the luxury of seeing this book and holding this book and knowing this. But for them, they're living this. For them, imagine the faith that's required of them. Imagine the faith that has to come into play when you say, okay, I'm just going to leave my job and everything I'm doing here to go and find this baby. I'm going to walk away from everything that I know to go into seek Jesus. Is that not what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to walk away from ourselves. We're supposed to die to self and go and follow Jesus, to seek Jesus. I, I, I don't want to beat this story to death, but because it's fresh, it's easy to use these as illustrations. We were in Africa a couple weeks ago, and it's, it's unbelievable, the, the work that God is doing. It's, un, it's unbelievable. Like what Jesus is doing, um, and, and Will and Gloria are... They're amazing. I mean, I'm so glad that I got to know them better and got to, got to spend some time with them. But it's really unbelievable to me that the, that the people there, they are just happy and they just want to help. Uh, when they knew we were there and we were doing something, they would stop everything that they were doing to come and help us. And, and, and it's this total change from what we're used to here in, in our world. And, and one of my favorite things, and, and I tell the guys at the station this because it, it's really, it's funny to me. They, they didn't know a lot of English, but they knew very good. Very good. That, is, that is very good. Very good. If you were doing something they liked, they could tell you it was very good. And then they also knew slow. And we would, when we were beating some uh, termite mounds, and when I say termite mounds, these things are 12 feet tall. Aaron was standing on them. Like they're, they're deals. And we're beating these things with these clubs or whatever we had there to, to, to use. And they didn't like how fast we were going. So they would say, slow, slow. And I think that's kind of what we see here with the shepherd. Slow down. Soak in this moment. That the greatest unexpected announcement ever has just been given. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And here's your sign. Why? Because God knows that we need affirmation, right? I mean, O ye of little faith. We'll talk about faith again here in just a second. But here's your sign. Here's what you're going to find when you follow through and you go and you explore this. So we see that the shepherds received this unexpected announcement. And now all of a sudden, where we see, oh, come, let us adore him. We see adoration that just ensues amongst this place. Listen to this. This is just some of the 
greatest stuff I think you can find here. Look at verse 13. The announcement is given. This is your sign. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. And I want to stop right there for just a whole multitude of angels comes in. And all of a sudden now, it's not just the announcement that's given that, hey, here is the Savior of the world that's been born to you, and here's the sign that's going to do. Now all of the angels, a multitude, I don't know how many people a multitude of angels is, but I read several different commentaries this week, and there were people that were estimating all of these different numbers. Here's what I know that it was. It was a bunch It was a bunch of people, a bunch of angels. These angels are out in force, and they are singing glory to God in the highest. Man, I I can't wait for heaven. I can't wait for heaven. And when we get to heaven, and I, I am, if I stand at the back so that hopefully people don't hear me sing, but I'm fairly certain that when we get to heaven, there's no sin in heaven. So I'm pretty sure that this voice is going to be a lot better in heaven. And so I'll be able to sing and not be so embarrassed by it. But to be in heaven and to join all of heaven and sing glory to God. We are going to get to worship the King of Kings forever. I can't wait. I can't wait for that. But you know what's even cooler? Because it's all that I can experience for now. It's when we gather together as God's people and we say glory to God in the highest. When we as God's people come and we say we adore who Jesus is so much, I can't help but sing. I can't help but worship the King of kings and Lord of lords. Man, I have some jam sessions on the way home from work because there's nobody there. People are probably thinking that guy is out of his mind. It's okay. I'm all right with that. I am out of my mind. I'm crazy. But I love it. I love it. And I love, and I love getting to worship together with God's people. I, I love this. Me- I've said this so much. I love this meeting of God's people. I love it. I love when we get to come together and make much of Jesus. And here we see the greatest announcement that's ever been given. It's an unexpected announcement. All of a sudden, this adoration ensues. And there is this incredible adoration of all of heaven affirming what the angel has just told the shepherds. This is what's going on. This is the Son of God. And you know what a result of that adoration is? It's peace. Let's finish out that last part of verse 14. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Now, I I don't know about you, but typically when I read the Christmas story, I just kind of read over that. And I have really never just given an incredible amount of thought towards that. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace with whom he is well pleased. Well, how how do we please God? What, what is it that we do that pleases God? If you've got your Bibles, flip over to Hebrews chapter 6. I'm sorry, Hebrews 11, verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And here's what Scripture says in Hebrews eleven six. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. What did the shepherds do? They sought him. They had faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. 
So here, Scripture says, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to whom those his will is upon, right? To those who are a part of his will. Peace is accompanied by rightness with God. So what's the one thing that everybody wants, right? We, we may not, if we sit down and, and we made a list, what are things that you want? You may not want peace, but here might be some things that we would say. I want financial stability. I want a nice house. I want a good car, right? These would be normal things for us. What do those things bring us? A sense of peace, right? When, when, when the world seems to be going crazy, what's the one thing that we want to do? We want to know that we can afford to eat and provide for our families. We want to know that we've got a safe place to go home to, and we, and we want to be able to get back and forth and around with vehicles. Those things bring us some sort of a sense of peace, right? We are looking for peace. Talk to, talk to people that have no desire to have anything to do with Jesus. What are they looking for? Listen to what they say and tie it back to, I promise, somehow it comes back to a sense of peace. A peace of, there's security in peace, right? We want peace. We seek peace. So it's impossible to please God without faith, and having faith is what pleases God, and so that's how we get peace. So what is faith? Well, I'm glad you asked. Look up just a few verses at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Some versions say it this way, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Okay? So what it is, faith is us having belief in something that we can't physically see. I cannot physically see God. I can't do it. But I can see God at work all around. I see what he is doing. While I can't tangibly reach out and touch him, I can feel the presence of God. It happens. It's, it's real. We know that it's there. And that is faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. Faith is us putting our confidence into something even though we can't see it, but we know that it's real. We know that it's real. It, the cheesy illustration is always how many of you guys checked your chair before you sit down, right? You, you just assumed that when you sat down in that chair, it could hold you. Well, listen, that's a, that's a great little cheesy illustration, but it has nothing to do with faith, right? Because faith is putting our trust and confidence into something that can literally change us, okay? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. When I sit down in that chair, I can see, oh, this chair holds me. Now my natural assumption would be the next time that I sit down in that chair, it's going to hold me, Right? But how many of us have had an experience where the Lord has shown up and shown off and we're like, that was the Lord, okay? We've had those experiences. And then another situation comes up and what happens? We're like, I don't know if God can do this. I don't know, God. This is, why? Why do we struggle with the faith aspect of Jesus so much? Because it's something that we can't tangibly see and touch. We are having to have total confidence in the Lord, that the Lord is going to be who he says he is, that the Lord is faithful. That's what faith is, is us trusting in him time and time and time 
and time again for eternity, over and over and over and over. We have faith in God, and then we receive this peace. Now, I want us to once again look, and and this verse was mentioned last week, but I want us to look one more time at Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and the first part of verse 7. Isaiah 9 says this, verse 6, For to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. There's no end to God's peace. God's peace surpasses all understanding. Billy Graham has a great quote. I'm going to read this quote to you. Billy Graham says, My prayer today is that the message of the Christmas time, this Christmas time, will be a personal message to you and that Jesus will be Prince of Peace in your life, whoops, in your life and will bring peace and satisfaction and joy to you. Billy Graham was known. Um, all, of, all of my childhood growing up, Billy Graham was known as America's pastor. He was just, he was one of those guys that when he would hold a crusade, thousands and thousands and thousands of people would show up. And you know, he didn't preach deep theological sermons. Never. He never did. He preached one sermon over and over and over And over. You know what that sermon was? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Simple. The gospel. He preached it over and over and over and over. And people from all all over would come to hear him because he had this calming presence about him that just presented the gospel super plain and simple. When I think about what the shepherds were going through in this, when I think about the greatest unexpected announcement that's ever been made and that the shepherds are the first ones to receive this and now all of a sudden in next week, we'll get to see the shepherd's response in what they do for this. But for them to take this message and for them to hold on to this and to be joined by a multitude of angels saying glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill to those with whom he favors. That makes me want to come. Father, this morning, Lord God, we thank you so much for Jesus. Lord, I pray that the simple yet profound announcement that was made to these shepherds, God, that it wouldn't just be the Christmas, but God, that it would be the announcement of the King of Kings. And so, Lord, this morning, I, I, I come before you, recognizing and admitting that often I hear this and it just becomes, but this morning, Lord, I, I pray that that we would see, God, that if we are working while we wait for your return, if we would take that unexpected announcement and, and be reminded, God, that you are bigger, better, greater, stronger than anything that we could ever do. 
Lord, that that would turn into this incredible adoration that would ensue not only when we're gathered together as your people in this building, but constantly as we go about our life. And God, that as we love and adore and worship you, that we would experience. Father, this morning, I I would pray that if there's somebody that is in this room, watches this video, or hears this somehow, that does not know you as their Lord and Savior, that today would be the day that you would call them to salvation, that they would receive that unexpected announcement, that they would acknowledge you as the King of kings and Lord of lords, that they would repent of their sin and turn away from sin and self and follow you. God, that we as your church, your people around the world would be able to. God, if that message has has been something that we've known and we've accepted and received, but Maybe we've pushed it to the back of our lives because of the busyness of life. Lord, today, would, would you allow us to have the freedom to just worship you, to remember your goodness, to remember the miracle that is literally unfolding as we read this story. For us, we see it in a lens looking back. For them, they were, they were living it moment by moment. And Lord, may we not lose, even all these years later, the majesty of that miracle. Lord, today, if there's somebody that needs to do business with you, I pray that you would fill them with the boldness that they need to, their heart to yours. Just respond and reflect. And Lord, I I pray that as we continue in this time of worship, that we would be able to adore you that we would worship you in spirit and in truth to the honor and the glory of the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and the Prince of peace. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.